So happy Mother's Day to all the wonderful mothers from young to old. You are amazing. You carry such kingdom influence. You know, there is no amount of money that could ever repay you for all that you do. But you are like the ad from MasterCard. You are priceless. You're, what you do could never be measured, but I just want to honor you and thank you for so generously pouring your life and so selflessly into your children and to your grandchildren. And I know some of you today are missing your mothers as I am. This is my first Mother's Day without my mother. And it really is challenging. It's sad. But I'm so thankful for all that she did to give me the life that I have. So I just pray a special blessing over your hearts today. And I, I as Dustin, I want to also acknowledge that there are women who long to have a baby, and that dream has not come to pass. And I just want you to know that God loves you, and he knows what's on your heart. And I just pray a special blessing over you as well. Well, I now have three grown children. But when my children were younger, every Mother's Day, and it works for your birthday too, I would tell my kids, now you can't fight today because it's Mother's Day. And I don't know if they thought it was a holiday mother's rule, but it worked. So I'm telling you, mothers, if you have never used that line, you need to go home today and tell them you heard this in church. A little manipulation is okay on Mother's Day. You can do that. And I also want to honor Pastor Dustin and Jamie. Don't we have the greatest lead pastors? That's true. <laughs> Over the weekend, I was listening to Pastor Dustin's um, podcast, is when every time. And it's amazing. If you haven't listened to that, you're going to want to. It's so good. But he was on his podcast, he had Steve on there. And they were talking about the transition of the church. And I just felt so overwhelmed in listening to this, of the thankfulness in my heart for this church and for the two of you. And Steve and I just love you so much. We're so proud of you. You're amazing. We're so thankful to have them leading us here at church, that's for sure. Years ago, there was a young woman who got pregnant, and she carried a baby. And mothers, you know, the minute you find out that you're going to have a baby, you're already dreaming and you're in love with this baby before he or she ever takes a breath. But as predetermined before the baby was born, for the sake of the baby, this mother gave her baby up so that, she, that the baby could have a better life. And unbeknownst to her, there was a woman who had tried for over 20 years to have a baby she had been crying out to the Lord to have a baby, but she could never conceive. And one day, in the midst of her long-standing pain, she received a phone call. And someone on the other line said, you have a baby girl, and she's waiting for you to pick her up. I was four days old when my parents picked me up and brought me home from the hospital. I know. My mother's dream for a baby finally came to pass. Can you imagine waiting 20 years for your dream to come to pass? Can you imagine the pain that she felt, especially on a day like today on Mother's Day? No one likes to wait, especially for something that is so precious to us. Have you ever had a dream or a word from the Lord 
about your family and you just haven't seen it happen yet. You long to have a marriage and children that you can raise up in the ways of the Lord, but you're just not seeing it. Pastor Dustin used one of my favorite scriptures last week. It's Joshua 24, 15. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That has always been the cry of my heart. And I know there are many of you today that maybe this is the cry of your heart as well. You long to have a family, but you just haven't seen it yet. So what are you supposed to do while you're waiting? It's painful waiting at times. When it seems like God is just silent and like he's literally doing nothing at all on your behalf. It just seems impossible. It's taking so long. You just want to give up. The pain is so deep. Well, waiting on your dreams can be very painful. It can make us angry. We can become disappointed with God. And at times, we even feel hopeless. The scripture says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I want to read it to you from the the Passion Translation. Proverbs 13, 12. When hope's dreams seem to drag on and on and on and on, the delay can be depressing. But when at last your dream comes true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. I love the new series that Pastor Dustin started last week on family goals. And I want to encourage you today as we continue to focus on the family. And I've entitled today's message, Hold On to Your Dreams. You know, God gives all of us dreams for our family. If we don't have a family, will we desire a family? And no one ever dreams of having a bad family. I don't go on a scale from 1 to 10, hey, I'm, I'm totally good with a 5. That's, that's great. You know, when you get married, you dream of this loving, amazing marriage where Christ is the center of your home. And you dream of children that you can raise up in the ways of the Lord and they're going to serve Him all the days of, the, of their life. Today, we're going to look at a mighty woman of God who held on to her dreams for a family. This is one of my favorite women in the Bible, and her name is Hannah. And you can find these scriptures and the story in 1 Samuel 1, chapters 1 and 2. So Hannah was married to a man named Elkanah, and he loved her very much. And Hannah had no children because the scripture says the Lord had closed her womb. Elkanah was also married to another woman named Penina, and Penina had a lot of children. So as a family, they would travel every year to Shiloh to the tabernacle so that they could worship and sacrifice to the Lord. And each year, Elkanah would give a portion of meat to Penina and to her children, her sons, and her daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion because he really loved her. Now, I think Penina was probably pretty jealous about that, so she made Hannah's life miserable. And she, Hannah so wanted to have a children, have children, and Penina would just provoke her to tears. It was so bad that it, there were times that Hannah could not even eat. And this just went on year after year for poor Hannah. And I'm sure Elkanah was a great guy, probably had a lot of friends, a good husband, good father. But what was he thinking marrying two women? Has he never seen sister wives? It is not a recipe for a happy home, that's for sure. Well, so here they are. They're, at, they're at worshiping in the tabernacle one year, and Hannah just begins to pour her heart out to the Lord. She is just heartbroken, and she tells the Lord, if you will give me a son, 
I will give him back to you, and he will serve you all the days of his life. And while she's praying, Eli, the priest, sees her, and he thinks she's drunk. And he comes up to her, and he scolds her, and he tells her, stop drinking. I mean, the poor woman, kick her while she's down is what he was doing. But Eli told, I mean, Hannah told Eli, I'm not drunk. I'm pouring out my heart to the Lord. And Eli said, go in peace. You will have what the Lord has, what you will have the request that you have asked the Lord. So Hannah got up. She was no longer sad. She finally got to eat. And she went on in peace because she trusted that the Lord was going to come through for her for her dream. They went back home. And in time, Hannah became pregnant, and she gave birth to a son named Samuel, and which his name means heard or asked of God. And I love how Hannah held on to her dreams for a family. I want to encourage you today to hold on to your dreams for your family. As we take a look at three principles from the life of Hannah, and I think these will encourage you along your journey. As I said, dreams can, be, can take a long time to come to pass. So this is a good thing to do whenever you're in the waiting season. First of all, cry out to God for your dreams. 1 Samuel 1, beginning at verse 10, says, In her anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk. You know, here Hannah is. She pressed so deeply into the Lord that Eli, the priest, thinks she's drunk. She didn't care what but her composure was like. She didn't care what was going on around her. She was pouring out her heart and soul to the Lord because she knew only the Lord could answer her prayer needs. Many of you know Pastor Truitt. Um, he and Brittany are campus pastors in Wiley. And Steve and I have known Truett since he was a little boy. He grew up in our church. We love him like a son. Um, He was saved at an early age, and he loved the Lord. But around the time of high school, he started veering away from the Lord, just making some wrong choices. Well, by the time he was a senior and on into college, He was really making some bad decisions, just one bad decision after another. You know, if you hang out with the wrong people at the wrong time in the wrong place, you can make some wrong decisions. And that's what Truett was doing. Um, His mother and father just began to cry out to the Lord. They were fasting and praying and asking the Lord to bring their son back home to them. And you know as a parent... There's nothing more painful to see the, chil- the child or the children that you love um, choosing r- wrong things and headed down a path for destruction. And that's what Truett was doing. So you know their hearts were so heavy. Well, one weekend, Truett decided to come into town. Um, he had not been to church in a long time. So he went to church. He was hungover from the night before. Uh, but he hated it. And he got out of there as fast as he could, and he headed back to college. Now, he was headed back to college to make yet another bad decision, actually a really horrible decision. He was going to move in with some guys who were using drugs and selling drugs. And Truett already had three arrests, and he was on probation. So you know that was a disaster waiting to happen. So as he was driving back, 
Truett said it literally felt like someone took the wheel of his truck and turned and turned, and he ended up in a wheat field. And that is where God got a hold of Truett. He told him, you need to go back home. So Truett turned around and drove back. And when he pulled up in the driveway, his parents were waiting there with open arms. Their prodigal son had finally come home. Can you imagine all the years they prayed and they saw him come home? And listen to this. 15 years later, to the very week of this wheat field experience, Truett became the campus pastor in Wiley. How amazing is that, that God so turned his life around, so turned his life around. You know, crying out to God in prayer really does make a difference. What might have happened if Truett's parents had not been praying? Would Truett be a drug addict? Would he be in prison? Would he even be alive today? You never know And you never have any idea when God is going to take the wheel, literally, if need be, of the family member that you're you're praying for. Think Carrie Underwood wrote that song for Truett. Well, the psalm says, Psalms 18, 6, But in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed for my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry to him reached his ears. When we cry out to God with all of our hearts, like Hannah did, like Truett's parents did, like many of you are doing, God hears us, and he moves. I want to encourage you to hold on to your dreams for your family. Don't give up just because you haven't seen it. There's some things that only God can fix. Only God can change a heart. But there's always something that we can be crying out for God for. He will redeem things. He heals things. So I want to encourage you. Keep crying out to God for your dreams. Not only do we need to try out to God for our family and for our dreams, but also it's really important that we trust God with your dreams. We see this with Hannah, 1 Samuel verse one, chapter 1 and verse 11. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. After he was weaned and took the boy with her, young as he was, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood beside you, here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I have asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. Hannah trusted God so much that she was willing to give back her son at such a young age because she trusted him. For three years, Hannah had been pouring her heart out to the Lord for this child, and God had given her her son. But she trusted him so much that she was willing to give him back to him because she knew he would take care of her dreams. That's a lot of trust, you have to say. You know, God has given each one of us dreams for our families, but he also requires us to trust him and give our dreams back to him. Just a few minutes ago, we saw this very thing. As we saw parents up here publicly dedicating their children to the Lord, um, each one of these parents, they have dreams for their children. 
but they are saying, I trust you, Lord, with my children, with my dreams, and I need your help. They are declaring, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Every step of the way, as we parent, we have to trust the Lord. When we're pregnant, when they're infants, when they're sick, when they go off to school, with the friends that they make, with so many life choices, when they learn to drive, you know you got to be trusting the Lord there. When they go off to school and college and leave home, who, with whom they gonna, they're going to marry, for your grandchildren, we have to continually trust the Lord with that. Um, ever since I was a little girl, I dreamed of getting married. Um, there are a few times that... Um, I thought that I had found the one, and I broke up with the one because I'm like, he is not it. The Lord is asking me to give him, give him up. So I did. And then in graduate school, I met someone. I thought, oh, this is the one. I'm going to marry him. And once again, I felt like the Lord was saying, will you give him up? Now, I realized I was not an old maid at the ripe old age of 22, but... I really had a dream and wanted to get married, and he was a sure thing because he wanted to marry me, not that you should just marry a sure thing, um, but I realized if I broke up with my boyfriend that was a, a, was a sure thing, it seemed like my prospects of meeting my husband would be pretty bleak. I was going to Sunday school, and it seemed like all of the older guys would come in and hit, it was like a meat market, hit on the younger women. And I didn't want to go there anymore. And I was working in an elementary school as a speech-language pathologist, and there was only one man that worked in that school, and he was married and he was old. And so that was out. And I remember thinking, if I break up with my boyfriend, how will I ever find my husband? Like, God really needed my help to find my husband. So I obeyed the Lord and broke up with him. And just a few weeks later, after church one Sunday night, this handsome young youth intern came up to me and said, would you like to go to an after party with the youth? And that is Steve, that handsome young youth intern that asked me to go. And that was it for me. I had found the one. And our daughter, Sarah, when she was a little girl, she loved to hear the story of how mommy and daddy met. And she would always say, daddy got mommy on the rebound. <laughs> and I don't know how she knew what rebound meant, but it's the best rebound that ever happened for sure. I thought I was giving up my dreams for marriage, but God had such bigger and better plans for my life. There's absolutely... No way I could tell you how much I love Steve and how thankful I am that I obeyed God and he brought him into my life. I trusted God for the right husband. What are you trusting God for? Maybe you want to get married like I did. Are you trusting him to bring your spouse to you? Are you trying to help him? Here's the deal. God knows right where you are. We have to trust him with our marriage, and we have to trust him with our children, no matter what you see. It says in Romans 9, 33, but anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. We will never be disappointed, never with God. 
So why do we need to trust God with our dreams? Lastly, it's because God's dream for your family is bigger and better than your dream. Isn't that good news? It's bigger and better than your dream. In 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 18, but Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. Each year, his mother made him a little robe and took it to him when she went with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife, saying, May the Lord give you children for the woman, by the woman to take the place of the one she prayed for and gave to the Lord. Then they would go home. And the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Sometimes we forget Hannah went on to have more children. Hannah had dreamed for a son, but God had given her so much more. I'm sure there were times that Hannah tried to imagine, what will my son do? How will he be used by the Lord? But could she ever have imagined that her son would be a prophet, a judge, and a leader in Israel? She probably never dreamed that once she had Samuel that she would have another child. She was only believing for one son. That's all she asked. Psalm 37, 3 through 5 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. Hannah cried out to God for a son, but God gave her so much more. God's dream for your marriage is so much bigger and better than your dreams. You know, when you get married, you're better together than you were apart. And when you have children, it's not just to fill the dream of having a family. It does that. But it's so that we can raise kingdom children for the next generation to further the gospel for the kingdom of God. It's so much bigger than we can imagine. And I want to talk to those of you today who feel like you are the least likely candidate to have your dreams for a family fulfilled. You feel like you have made too many mistakes, you're too messed up, all you see is dysfunction in your life and in the life of your family, and it just seems like it's impossible, it's beyond repair. You see me today as the founding pastor's wife. I have an amazing husband, I have three wonderful children who are all serving the Lord. But my life was a mess. You have no idea. You know, Steve has told me that he's spoken with some husbands in counseling, and they will say, you don't understand, Pastor Steve. If I had a wife like Lisa, then I would have a great marriage. Let me tell you, if you'd had a wife like me, the way Steve got me, you would have been asking for a refund and pronto. <laughs> Seriously, a lot of problems there. And I told you earlier, all my life I've dreamed of getting married. So I was so excited that I finally found the one. But when Steve and I got married, I was broken, and he was clueless. And he didn't know what to do with me, and I didn't know what to do with me either. I really did not have an understanding of the brokenness that was in my life, but there's nothing like marriage to bring all that to the surface. I was a Christian, and I loved God, but I had so many strongholds in my life. It seemed like I walked around in constant condemnation and shame because of some mistakes that I made. I was full of fear. I just 
wanted to try to control my life, my circumstances, so that I could be at peace. I struggled with abandonment and rejection, perfectionism. I had an eating disorder. I was depressed and sometimes so depressed. Am I making you depressed right now? (laughs) Sometimes I was so depressed, I literally didn't want to live. And this wasn't just an occasional thing. This, This happened for years. You know, I didn't understand the love of the Father, and I felt like I had to earn it. And I felt like he was an easily angered God, and he was just waiting for me to make a mistake so he could get me. Um, I felt truly so sorry for Steve because he was stuck with me, and I began to hate myself. My parents were Christians, and they loved the Lord, but they didn't have the kind of loving marriage that I wanted to pattern my marriage after. So how was I, as broken as I was, going to have a healthy marriage? We started having children, and I began to feel inadequate and struggled at times with a lack of confidence because I was emotionally unhealthy. So how would I possibly raise emotionally healthy children? I didn't want that same baggage that I carried around to be passed on to them. But I can tell you from the bottom of my heart in all sincerity, God met me at every point of need on every occasion for all of my life in every circumstances. He will do the same thing for you. His grace is sufficient. I would not be here if the Lord had not met me at my point of need. I love the scripture I just talked about, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. I truly was the epitome of weak. But I never gave up. I never quit I continued to cry out to God for my family and for my dreams. And God has so restored my life. Have you ever looked at an old picture of someone and you say, that doesn't even look like you? That is what I feel like when I look back at who I used to be. God has just so restored and redeemed my life and redeemed my dreams for my family. It's almost as if I'm not even the same person that I used to be. And you know what? The Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. If he did this for me, he can do this for you. And he wants to do this for you. He does. I want to encourage you today, hold on to your dreams. Whether you seem like you've been holding on for a long time or not, no matter what you see, continue to cry out to God. Continue to hold on to your dreams for your marriage, for your children, for your family. Don't ever give up. Let me tell you something. We serve a God of the impossible. Can we just give him thanks for coming through for us? He's a God of the impossible. He can do anything. We thank you, Lord. If you'll go ahead and just stand with me, please. I want to pray for you in just a moment. But I want to close with a very powerful scripture. And I want you just to, if you need to, close your eyes. But just receive the scripture for the Lord, for you, for your heart, for your family, for whatever your situation is. Ephesians 3.20. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve 
infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. Listen to this one more time. Receive this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. Let's just receive that. Lord, we just thank you, Father. We thank you for that scripture, Lord. It's the truth. It's your word. And we stand on it today, Lord, for our families, for our marriages, for our children, Lord. We declare in Jesus' name, marriages are being restored. The prodigals are coming home. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would touch everyone listening to the sound of my voice, Father. Would you move on their behalf? Would you go into their homes, Lord? Would their homes be filled, Lord, with the presence of the Lord? Lord, I thank you for every mother today on Mother's Day, Lord. What a blessing they are. Lord, I ask that you would encourage mothers that no matter what they see, what they're doing makes a difference, Lord. Their prayers make a difference. What they do for their children make a difference. Would you just give them the grace and the strength to continue on? Lord, I just bless people with their dreams, Father. You gave them these dreams for their children, for their family, for a marriage. And Father, we just to thank you and we declare, as for me and my household, we will.